and you angels. The Good morning, angels. So, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. You know, uh, deep in there, though, you can see that there's a little overcast, a little bit, might be smog, you never know. You know, I'm in Virginia. There's some factories, I guess. But um, I just wanted to say, you know, <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. Spirits. Spirits. Isn't it a coincidence that alcohol is called spirits? You know, like the liquor. It's called spirits. Wine and spirits. So, I was thinking about it because some of the greatest people I know died as a direct result of the, the harsh effects of alcohol abuse long term. But that's not just it. It's way deeper for me. I'll have a cocktail if I want to. But it's not something I deeply desire I do it out of like, I don't know, like maybe more of like independence. I can if I want to, but as this adult, I'm really not into it, really. I don't like the way my eyes look at pictures. I, you know, it's, they're like, oh, it relaxes you, I guess. But I don't really feel comfortable. Like, I don't mind people who have a little drink here and there. That's your business. Have a little glass of wine when they do feel like they need to relax. And some people feel like they need to have a glass of wine every single night. But just relax, just one. Read a book, listen to some soft music, have some dinner, or after dinner, fall asleep. No trouble. But if you have a child, that may be a small challenge if you, unless, of course, you're unwinding after you've fulfilled all of your duties. It's your business, right? But I'm talking to the people who have to have the box left to have the bottle, they fall out where they lay, or, you know, um, there are things that are being neglected, and, you know, or people being neglected, mistreated, or even the people who are having the strong stuff to relax after work. And we all know the strong stuff has an impact. And there are many functioning alcoholics, many. But on a spiritual level, because we can all figure it out, right, and function, quote unquote. But on a spiritual level, for me, I believe that spirits open us up for a demonic attack. I do. Or spirits can be used in ritual for warding off attacks etc, 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 but on a spiritual level, consuming it regularly is not something I feel comfortable with for my friends or family. Am I going to try to stop you? No, it's not my business on that level, but it's my business if you're not getting to spend much time with me. Because the crazy thing about it is, is that they don't realize because of the spirit thing. And you know what's weird? A lot of people who have extreme alcoholic issues have multiple personality issues and a lot of pain, you know, that they really just mush through. Like, I really admire a lot, a lot, a lot of people who happen to be 
alcoholics textbook definition. And and when you see them just at a face value, you're like, wow, you know, you really you're really doing a great job. You're really holding it together. But if you're up close, you recognize that there's a very strong chance that this alcoholism is actually maybe if not the issue, but one of the issues of your main things that are causing you some sort of discomfort, sadness, or challenge. So for me, I have a grandma who passed away. God bless her. I love her. And and yes, a lot of her uh, ailments were as a direct result of her alcohol abuse, which was brought on by sadness and heartbreak and, you know, disappointment and all those things that come with life. But I believe that oftentimes when it comes in life after you've already experienced so much, especially physical pain, I know people think that, you know, oh, no, emotional pain is just as bad, if not worse, than physical pain. It is bad, but I'm not going to say that it's worse than physical pain because I know that physical pain can make you break, you know, it can break you. And so I can't say that, you know, emotional pain is worse because it breaks you, right? But physical pain, it does something different where it takes you. And and anybody who doesn't allow, like who's fought through being quote unquote taken, and when I mean it takes you, it takes from you. It takes something so heavy, so precious, so sacred. You know, I mean, it takes your, it takes your thing that makes you you inside at that moment. Can you rise from that pain that broke you and did these things? Absolutely, you can. Because I did, and I am doing that. But, but at the same time. During the process of trying to get through that process or that portion of your break, you can easily, easily find yourself as a person who has way too many anxiety issues that prevent you from wanting to deal with people. Like, it's debilitating. Anxiety, the reason why everybody's talking about it now is because... They're wondering what is wrong with their own damn kids, these wealthy people whose kids should have it all. But because you weren't there when they were being impacted on some level, it could have been rape, you know, abuse, neglect, because you were neglecting them possibly while you were busy doing whatever and having the nanny, whoever, take them everywhere they had to go because you were getting that money for them to afford that $45,000 a year high school or plus, you know. So for me, the question is, what is making you have these drinks to the extent that it is impacting you like this? Like, what? It's nothing good's coming, but it's a numbing. It's a numbing, you know? I know that. It's a numbing. That's why ultimately they fall asleep in the deepest of sleeps. Many alcoholics have a lot of trouble sleeping because of the demons that are upon them. And you know what's crazy? When we talk about, like, the demons that are upon them, when we talk about that, we talk about, we think about, for me, I think about if you've been impacted on a level like where you were uh, raped, sodomized, you know, molested in just, you know, 
oral or physical, physical, painful abuse of any sort. And and people think, oh, you know, oral of so, like that is not painful. Like that's just no. You know, it depends on how it's going down. If it's like, please don't make me do this. This is wrong. It's I feel filthy. I don't want to. And you're a baby or a little person or a youngster or a you know relative, and you know it's disgusting. And now you feel mentally ill. But you get through it. You know that person was damaged too. If you have to see them over and over again, you take. You're traumatized. You most likely have disassociated identity disorder. And if that is the case, then sometimes people drink, and that's why they don't remember things. Because they once they're drink, they get to this certain level of alcoholic drink, alcohol, uh, you know, inebriation, I should say. They most likely don't remember anything, and that's the idea is they just don't want to remember anything. Some people were actually given these things to get them to participate in inappropriate sexual activity, you know, that is traumatizing to them. So I just want to say that I love my grandma. My grandma had an alcohol problem as I was growing up. And and it was really severe. <laughs> And I would often be left with her, you know, be babysat, I guess. And um, she would take us on these walks. Like, I would have to go on a walk. It would be nobody else but me and her. And we'd have to be going to pick up. I remember we'd be going to pick up my Auntie Donna. And she didn't have a car. She didn't like waiting for the bus, my grandma. She didn't really like people too much, so she didn't want them all up on her like that. So she walked, and it was really far. And maybe it wasn't far for a little kid, but, I mean, for a grown-up, even though now that I think about it, it was really, really far, even for a grown-up. Um, I remember my legs giving out on the way back, but prior to that happening, because it was really far, prior to my legs giving out, though, um, something else had happened on the way back. On the way there, it was just she was on her way, you know, and so we were walking. She had my gra- my auntie's lunch with her. And she was walking those millions of miles to make sure my Auntie Donna, her youngest daughter, uh, had lunch. And she was a grown woman, but, you know, she was, my grandma loved her. And so, nonetheless, she walked all the way these miles to take her something to eat. With me in tow, walking too. And on the way back, she stopped at a liquor store. Because I guess she was thinking about that walk on the way back. It was horrendous. So she stopped at the liquor store and got a fifth of J&W. That was her favorite drink. And as we'd walk, she'd stop and turn the bottle up while it was in the bag. And, and drink. And drink. And stop. Drink. Until she was stumbling. And so she was stumbling, and and I saw her, you know, so now I'm like, oh, God, she's not herself. And I actually wasn't even seven, actually. I was like, I don't know, four. <laughs> I might have been like four years old, five years old, six years old, very young. I just know I wasn't in school, and I was the only one that wasn't there in school. And so... uh. 
So what ends up happening is we end up, my grandma's walking us and now she does, she's drunk. So I'm like, holy shit, you know, how are we going to get back type of thing? But I'm like huge on landmarks and stuff. And maybe that's why, because of that situation, I don't know. But nonetheless, we're walking and she's walking us. And the next thing you know, we find ourselves in a dump with like construction guys in there that's gated and it's just not the way there's no way in hell that's the way because we're going the wrong way and my grandmother's giggling and she's wasted and and this is a woman with a master's degree a woman who was just brilliant and amazing could build anything could do anything wrote anything educated great woman played multiple instruments to the shits like you know she was amazing but in this moment of her alcoholic indulging, she she ended up walking us into me, this little girl, and her, her wasted self, therefore she could not protect me, into this pl- construction place with a whole bunch of men. And it just wasn't safe. And I was very upset about it. And so... Now I am, like, trying to get us back home. You know, cell phones weren't a thing back then. So I wasn't going to get anybody on the line. Nope. Had to figure it out. And so I had to take my grandma's hand. And I had to take my grandma's hand and, uh, and get us home. And I did. Most miraculous way. I don't know how. I just walked, remembered, pulled her. She kind of pulled it together here and there, you know. But... It, it, we got home, and and I never went out with her again like that, you know. I don't know how it stopped. Maybe she felt guilty. I don't know, but I just know it never happened again. And um, I, I remember crying, though, and it being a really big deal to me. That's why I didn't forget it. So do you have any moments like that with people you love, like kids you love, you know, people that love you that are you're humiliating at their job or, you know, you're making them feel bad at school neighbors, you know, laughing at the family because of your antics, or your children are just being impacted by, you know, sick relatives, strangers in the neighborhood when you are not there because they don't have any respect for you because they know you're an alcoholic. You know, that's a huge thing to have to deal with. That's a huge thing to have to come to grips with you know, to admit, but, you know, when you love somebody, I really do believe that love is stronger than anything, and I really do believe that if you love somebody enough, you can actually stop doing that, like things like drugs and alcoholism, you know, when I was pregnant with my son, I just found out, I was a 23-year-old, I was definitely a party girl, I lived in a really cool building in New York City, with lots of party girls and boys, and we really had a great time. And so I find out that I'm pregnant. It was not planned, my errand, my first child, and I find out that I'm pregnant. And so the first thing I did was, on my way home, I still had some party favors with me, and I stopped at the apartment of the, uh, I was going to call them prostitutes, at the strippers, you know, the exotic dancers that were my neighbors that I used to see ever so often and joke with, laugh with after work and keep it moving. And, um, I ended up 
dropping my party favors at their door and never picking them up while I was pregnant until my son was like three when I was back visiting friends and we decided to be like, wow, let's have a party, you know, because I was visiting California. But otherwise, that wasn't my thing. My husband and I agreed that we were not going to do to our kids this thing that a lot of parents do because they feel like they're grown or whatever. And they, you know, sometimes they're just protecting their kids and not putting them with babysitters. But what's happening sometimes is that they are exposing them to things that children don't need to be exposed to because they're just trying to keep them with them. Like Aaron was with us all the time. So therefore we couldn't do things that, you know, we would do without, without Aaron there, you know what I mean? So with Aaron there, without Aaron there. So we, uh, we had to curb our behaviors and that's okay. And if you can't do that, you're a jerk. Because you know what? Before they came, you had plenty of time to live your best life. But the way you help them live this life and the influence that you give them, it's going to break your heart, hopefully. It'll break your heart. You won't think it's cool. When your kids decide that they, um, you know, they're just sitting in front of you doing, like, you know, drugs. <laughs> and And it's just nothing. Like, they're young. And you're like, whoa. And what are you going to say? You're the one that showed it to them, and they will tell you that. So with spirits, influence, all that, how are you representing yourself to your children? And what are you neglecting in the process of pursuing your best life, doing what you want to do, YOLO, etc.? Like, what are you, who are you neglecting? What are you neglecting? And then, you know, be honest with yourself and um, address that. All right? So. I just wanted to say, I'm coming up to my destination. I want to send you supernatural love, supernatural grace, supernatural peace, and prosperity and love that surpasses human understanding. And I want to say thank you for listening. Download, share, and comment. And um, I'm sorry that I haven't gotten to get into my videos as much as I would like to, which I will do. I, um, you know, I will get into that. But right now, this is what it is, and I pray that you support it. Thank you. Have a great day. Love ya. Peace.